Thank you so much for joining us here on the Fearless Health Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Anne-Marie Barter. And today on the Fearless Health Podcast, we are going to be talking to Dr. Beth Westy. We are talking about everything in seed cycling, female hormone reproduction, everywhere from PMS to menopause. We're talking about how to regulate your hormones with food-based interventions. Dr. Beth Westy is the author of The Female Fat Solution. Welcome to the Fearless Health Podcast with host Dr. Anne-Marie Barter. Dr. Barter is on a mission to help people achieve their health and wellness goals and help men and women live their best lives fearlessly. Dr. Barter is the founder of Alternative Family Medicine and Chiropractic in Denver and Longmont, Colorado. Thank you so much for being on with us today. I'm so excited to have you here. Yay! I am super excited to be here. Thank you. <laughs> so I want to hear about your story because it's super interesting and it's ebbed and flowed. And I'd love to hear what got you here. Yeah. In the health and wellness okay. field per se. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So my quick background and story is, um, you know, I was an athlete growing up. I, you know, was a three-sport athlete in high school, played volleyball. In college, I actually got invited to play on a couple of pro teams wow. and um, overseas, not in the U.S. They don't really have pro teams here, but I got invited um, in Australia and one that toured around Europe. And I turned it down to go to grad school. Um, I just, you know, I had a few friends that did that. And I was like, that's not the life I'm looking for, you know, and you know, mm-hmm. right. You know that, you know, that life I was like, well, uh, like I, my, my goal for, as an athlete was to get it to pay for my school. So it, you know, it paid for my school and then I was ready to apparently go to grad school and, and then start my debt. I don't know my student loan debt. Um, but, uh, but I, you know, I felt like that was not, that wasn't the right you know path for me, um, long-term. So I went to grad school. I went to chiropractic school while I was in chiropractic school, um, I actually got trained in acupuncture, Eastern medicine, and that's what opened up my whole world to a really alternative way of living and health and, and just started to explore that, which was very new to me. And sometimes still is like, sometimes there's still stuff where I will be doing research. I'll be learning all these things that I'm like, this sounds crazy. But when I look at it at the Eastern medical Eastern medicine model, versus the Western medicine model, it's very different, but there's, you know, I feel like there's a time and a place for so many things. And as long as you know your parameters of how to help people, you can really serve people on a different level um, that they need. So that's where all that started for me. I actually had my first two of three kids while I was in school, (sighs) a student. I wouldn't recommend it for people. (laughs) That was not an easy time. Not an easy time. Yeah. And then I, I graduated, started a business, and then, um, yeah, I graduated, took my board, passed my board, started a business, and then found out I was pregnant again. And that was all within four months. I know. So, yeah. And I was like, oh, good. <laughs> on another one. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, and super interesting for, for my youngest is she was actually, I'm a high-risk person, a high-risk pregnancy person. And she was actually born almost two months early. So she was, um, yeah, so preemie in the NICU um, for uh, 23 days. 
So a long, a long time. She was, and she was healthy. Like she was fine. She was just early. So I had to gain enough weight to go home and everything. Um, but that was sort of the beginning of the end of where I was, you know, at in my life in terms of the drive mode. Right. I was a driver in college. I was a driver all the way through grad school. Like didn't let anything stop me, you know, drive, drive, drive to opening a clinic and all the way through pregnancy. And then all of a sudden I had this, you know, third baby, tiny baby. And I was in the NICU, you know, still trying to work (laughs) from the, you know, NICU sitting there trying to, you know, schedule stuff and do things on my laptop, you know, just a, just a crazy time. But, and then going back to work, everything else. And, you know, I really, I tried to just keep going with everything because, you know, business is hard, right? It's, it's tough to keep things going as healthy as I was trying to be. I was still stressed and I still wasn't sleeping enough and I definitely wasn't eating enough or fueling my body correctly. And I, I started getting ovarian cysts, really bad ovarian cysts. And so once I'd healed, you know, from my last C-section and everything else, and I went uh, <clears throat> kind of back in the full swing of things, I started getting these cysts every month. And it happened for over a year and a half. And they would be so bad that every month it would burst, put me on the floor. Like it was awful, 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 awful. And, you know, for those of you that have had cysts, you know how bad it is. You know how much pain you can be in with it. So um, I I was really frustrated. And of course, you know, when you're a health practitioner, all of your friends are health practitioners. So I was looking to everybody else for help. What do I do? What do I, this is happening. How do I, how do I fix this? And everybody's like, oh, you take this supplement, take that supplement, take this, take that. And I was like, okay, great. Yeah, doing it. I was taking a basket of supplements at one point, just like over 35 of them every day, just trying to, Oh, this fish oil. Oh, this vitamin D and vitamin A together is going to be the thing that, you know, does it. And I was like, Oh my God. Right. What, yet no one was really asking me some of the basic things about how, how's your life going? <laughs> how's your health going? How are you feeling? You know, I'm exhausted and stressed out and I'm running myself ragged, of course. But I mean, that's, I just kept going and kept pushing. And then, um, my husband finally got really worried about me put me in the car, drove me to the ER when one of my cysts burst and I, I couldn't get off the bathroom floor. Um, and they were like, well, you know, here's your birth control and here's your Vicodin. That's how you're going to fix this. And now I was like, uh, that's it. That's, a, that's all you got for me. I'm, I'm supposed to say doped up the rest of my life. Like that's it. They were, I was, cause I was like, this is not, you know, my, my personal struggle with just being put back on birth control is that I, you know, I have side effects from it. I don't like it. I don't need it. You know, my husband had a vasectomy, so we're good there. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I'd prefer not to be on it, you know, but they're like, oh, this is what's going to regulate your cycle. So you don't, you know, have cysts anymore. And then when you do have a cyst, you just need to be on Vicodin until the pain goes away. And I was like, I can't drive. I can't take care of my kids when I'm on bike it in. That's not a, that's not a good or safe, you know, idea. And they're like, well, this is just what's going to help with the pain. And this is what you're, what you're in for, for life. So it didn't like that. <laughs> didn't jive. Right. I didn't, didn't jive with, you know, who I was or what I wanted to look for. So I started really looking into alternative ways, you know, alternative things. Um, I had done some continuing ed with fertility work for women, fertility work and acupuncture and everything like that. And what I found was um, that in the 
in the, you know, Eastern medicine world when, you know, you can do fertility acupuncture treatments and they're all different each week for your hormones because your hormones are different each week. And I was like, oh my gosh, what can I do more about this? What can I dive into more about this? And then I just sort of expanded it to my entire diet, like shifting and changing my all, everything I was eating each week of the month to match with hormones. And it helped get rid of my cysts. I haven't had one, you know, in my youngest is nine now, nine and a half now. So eight years, at least eight years, I haven't had them. Um, and it's really been through foods and things that has, that has been able to do that to align with, with my hormones, to help my body do what it's designed to do and fuel it properly and give it more nutrient versus just trying to, you know, I don't know, slap a bandaid on it. And, and, and not that the supplements I were, ta- I was taking were bad. It was like the, the supplements are just that they're supposed to be a supplement to what you're doing. And I feel like none of them got the opportunity to actually do anything because the foundation of my health was so wrecked, you know, it was just hot garbage with stress and sleep and everything that wasn't, wasn't going well. So, yeah, so that's, that's kind of the long and short version of my, uh, of my story about how I got started and doing what I do now. And, um, you know, I worked with, I worked with patients in my own clinic for, a while doing this until it got to a point because um, I had my own clinic for almost seven years before I sold it to do what I do now, which is, you know, write books and speak and, you know, and podcast and everything to really help spread the message of what women can do more with regular foods, with other things and alignment with their hormones and their cycle, just to, you know, either get healthier or just stay in a healthier pattern. And, and, and also just more information because not enough women know enough about their, how their bodies work. Right. Like, did you change your lifestyle at all other than the foods? Did you just totally revamp your lifestyle as well? Um, so before, you know, it's funny, before I started um, grad school, you know, and this was something that, of course, hindsight is 2020 and knowing what I know now, you know, <laughs> about right. health and Isn't everything. True? Yeah, I, you know, I look back, I was always a sick kid. I was always sick. I was... Um, I mean, I got pneumonia or um, like every other year I had mono twice. Mm. I got it and then got a relapse of it the next year, you know, when I was in middle school, I, you know, it was, I, I always was sick. I always had strep. I always had bronchitis. I always had these illnesses. I was always on antibiotics growing up. Right. And then of course I was an athlete and I'm super tall. I'm six, two. I'm huge. <laughs> so I don't, I don't look that big. I know no, you're big. very small. <laughs> um, but, you know, I went through such bad growing pains. And it's so funny. Oh, my middle, she's 11 right now. And she was like, mom, my knee hurts. My knee hurts really bad. And she was pointing right to her, you know, tibial tuberosity, you know, right where that Osgood Slaughters is. And she was like, it hurts so bad. And I was like, oh, babe. <laughs> growing pain. I'm so sorry. I was like, see my knee. I still have my bump there from when I grew so much. There you go. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> um, my genetics, I, right? <laughs> yeah, right. But I had such bad growing pain growing up that I was on four ad four ibuprofen every four hours, pretty much all day. I mean, that was that was what they told you to take. I I used to get the like big jumbo size of ibuprofen. And I would keep it in my, uh, my bag, my, my like gym bag, whatever it was. 
I had one for my softball bag. I had one for my volleyball bag, one for my basketball bag, one for my track bag. All of them, four every four hours, all day, like candy. I didn't even need water to swallow them. I just popped them in like candy. Yeah. Uh huh. So, so thinking about all this stuff, I mean, imagine what my gut lining was like. Yeah. Awful, right? And, and then I was sick all the time, right? Yep. And then I was sick in college um, a lot. I remember getting, you know, yeah, just having like horrible. I remember having tonsillitis. I remember having all these other things. And then it wasn't until I started chiropractic school and all of a sudden I was reading all these different things and reading these articles and looking at all this different information and different types of books that were around. And I was like, oh my gosh, all these stomach problems I have, all these other things, like this all, like when it lists off these things for like gluten intolerance, I was like, that's me. That's totally me. So I, so the only thing dietary wise that I did that was a big shift was actually before I even, I ever got pregnant was I went gluten-free because I did not feel good. I had a lot of digestive issues. Like if I ate salad, it would be a salad, mm-hmm. like chewed up leaves in the toilet. Like that was, I wasn't digesting or processing my foods. I was not, I was not feeling well <clears throat> for months. And then I went gluten-free and it literally changed my life and I never went back. And so that was, I th- actually think, you know, like when I'm, when I put all these pieces together for how sick I was, everything else, um, and I stopped taking all the ibuprofen. I I stopped eating gluten. I started, you know, just taking more fish oils and doing all that stuff. It was about a year after that that I got pregnant. Mm. So that makes sense, right? Right? That I was like, oh my gosh, okay, yep, here we. Oh, look, my body got healthier, and then all of a sudden I got pregnant. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so so I made that. That was a big change for me. You know, and, and this was, I mean, my son is now 13. So this was 15 years ago, 15 years ago, nobody knew what gluten-free was. I'd ask, no, I'm I'd ask for, yeah, I'm with you. yeah, I was with you at that time. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, there was a kind of- menu and they'd be like, you have to pay for your food here. I'd be like, no, I know gluten-free, gluten-free. I don't want to, I'm not asking you for free food, sir. I came here to pay for a meal at your restaurant. I'm just wondering if I can eat it. Yep. Yeah. Sounds about right. Cause I started my journey about 20 years ago and that's when, you know, it's like the low fat craze and I'm over there with the steak and vegetables. Like they're like, Oh my God. And all I'm eating is steak and vegetables, however many times a day. Cause I was starving too. I mean, I think, you know, you, you live it, like you walk through it. So when you were having all the major cysts and you were running a very busy clinic and, and doing all of that, yeah. Did you, I mean, how much do you think the stress was contributing to the cysts, to the ovarian cysts that you were, that were rupturing every single month? Yeah. Um, I want to say it was at least 50%, if not more. I mean, I don't think I did the right things postpartum to help my body really heal. Right. Like I didn't really take time off. I didn't really, you know what I mean? So, and I think that I, and I went through, um, you know, a pregnancy and then I gave birth and then I had thyroid issues as well. Postpartum thyroiditis. Yay. So fun. So then I went through a bunch of um, things to help my thyroid. And that was another thing too. I wanted to breastfeed. So I had to be on some type of thyroid support to help. Otherwise my milk production would stop. So then I would do that. And then when I'd be done breastfeeding, I would wean, I'll start weaning off the thyroid. And then I got pregnant again. 
<laughs> they were like, again, none of, none of this was planned, right? <laughs> just, <laughs> right. Um, just how life goes sometimes. And then I got pregnant again and they were like, you have to stay on the thyroid support because, you know, otherwise the baby could not be developed properly. I was like, oh, shoot. Okay. So I stayed on that. So I was on thyroid medication and still had thyroid problems after each pregnancy. But after my last, I was, you know, I was like, I'm done with this. I'm, you know, I'm not going to be on this anymore. And so they started though, before I started weaning off of the thyroid, it was a really, I think my body was in such a depleted state to start with. And then it was the stress on top of it. So if I, I feel like if I wasn't so depleted, maybe not, maybe it wouldn't have been as bad, but mainly it was like, it was the stress too, the stress of everything, of life, of having a, a preemie, a two-year-old, a four-year-old at home not sleeping and then running myself ragged with 70 hour weeks, you know, definitely. And at, so you started doing seed cycling, I'm assuming is how you regulated your hormones. Can you talk about what that is? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, seed cycling is a great place for people to start. Um, my book that I have out, I, it's actually extends into all of your foods. You're like, the tone of all the foods that you eat. Um, but seed cycling is a great place for people to start because it's, it's simple. It's easy to do. Um, and, and it does make a big impact on your hormones. So when we're looking at, you know, what it is, what it, what that is, how that works, all that stuff, all simple explanation is of your 28 day cycle, you know, the first half of it, the days one through 14, um, day one being the first day of your period, the days one through 14, that is going to be the phase that your body's higher in estrogen and days 15 through 28, your body is higher in progesterone. So when we look at those and seed cycling is just matching seeds to estrogen seeds to progesterone. So those different phases or the luteal and follicular phases, no one, you know, no, no one, no one other than (laughs) (laughs) medical people know what that is really. So I don't use those terms a lot. Um, but days one through 14, the estrogen phase, it's the two seeds are pumpkin seed and flax seed. And it's just one tablespoon a day of each of them. That's it. And it's best if they're raw, you know, organic seeds. Um, you can add them to anything. You can add them to a salad. You can add them to a smoothie, something like that. I like to grind them and add them to my shake in the morning. Super quick and simple. Um, really takes no time to do. And and it makes a really big impact. And, and then when you flip over and you ovulate and you go through days 15 through 28 of your cycle, the progesterone phase, then the seeds that you use are sesame and sunflower seeds. So again, same thing, one tablespoon of each raw or organic um, seeds, because they hold the most nutrient when you roast the seed it sort of takes some of that fresh nutrient out that actually helps work with your system the most. Um, but that's it. Yeah. And, and the only thing that's a little weird is that, I mean, some people are like, yeah, I eat sunflower seeds. Those are good. Great. Sesame seeds are a little more bitter. <laughs> almost. You know, they're a little, a little different flavor. Um, but again, I like to, my favorite way. So I still grind them and put them in my morning shake and there you go. Super easy to add in. Yeah. So, if somebody has maybe a reaction to one of those seeds or food sensitivity tests are positive, what do you recommend doing in that situation? Yeah. So 
the the premise of the seed cycling and everything and how it works in the body is is a little bit different. So there's specific nutrients in the um, you know pumpkin and flax that work with estrogen, and then specific nutrients in the sesame and sunflower that work with progesterone. So they're they're designed to really help produce and maintain the correct amount of those hormones in your body naturally. It just helps your system work better on that pattern. And when you're eating in a different pattern, shifting your nutrients throughout the month, you're matching and helping your body support that natural pattern it should be in. Because we, you know, our bodies aren't the same every day, right? Our bodies go through this shift and ebb and flow throughout the month. So it's sort of leaning into how our bodies do that. So um, when you have, so if somebody is allergic to pumpkin, I've had this habit. Oh my God, I'm allergic to pumpkin. I can have everything else, but I'm allergic to pumpkin. How do I do this? You can still have the flax seed and still have the other seeds. Even if you do just one seed, it'll still benefit you. It might take a little longer for you to notice the full effects of it, but you're still going to have the benefits of it for sure. For sure. And how long do you think it, it takes to notice some of the full effects? So this is something that's super fun um, for people because the hardest thing about it is that you do have to be consistent. You know, you're only taking it for two weeks at a time, right? So if you only take it every other day, uh, are you going to notice an amazing effect from it really quick? Probably not, right? But if you're taking it at least, you know, 12 or 13 days out of those 14, and then the next 14 days, again, 12 or 13 days out of that, um, so you're doing it like 90, 95% of the time you're doing your seed cycling. Most women will notice a quicker result with it, a quicker turnaround with it. Um, and I have had women, and, and it depends on what you're, what you're working with. It depends on kind of where you're at, right? In terms of your, your overall health. Like if a lot of gals, you know, if they're like, oh, I just have really bad PMS. Mm-hmm. My cycles are terrible and I have really, really bad PMS. They start seed cycling and in, you know, anywhere from four to eight weeks, they'll be like, this is crazy. This is so great. My cycle has been spot on. My PMS is diminished by 50%. You know, it's not like gone totally, but so much better and more manageable. I'm feeling way better. This is so great. And so it's, you know, that's, to me, that's a pretty fast turnaround to have a hormonal impact, you know, anywhere from four to eight weeks since that, that difference actually just um, can depend on, you know, how bad it is to begin with. How long was this going on? Are you 25? And having issues or are you, you know, 42 and having the same issues for the past 42 years, you know, does this help going into perimenopause? Yeah. Yes. You know, it's crazy. And this is more of an Eastern medicine thought process on it. Um, is that women here and we're not educated on menopause other than, Oh, you don't have your period anymore. There you go. Perimenopause. It's all over the place. Who knows? Who knows what's happening? Right. But it's, it's insane how being on some type of pattern or helping your body with that regulation, it, it helps women decrease um, hot flashes a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton. I can't tell you how many perimenopausal women. Um, and he, I've even seen articles on it where they talk about one of the biggest things that they've done for hot flashes and things is seed cycling, which sometimes women are like, yeah, I have a period every other month. I don't really know, blah, blah, blah. But it just works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And into, you know, when you're looking into menopause, for example, um, mm-hmm. you know, all hormones are low, you know, you're not functioning anymore, etc. But, you know, women really struggle because they want to have 
a, some sort of libido still left. They don't want to have vaginal atrophy, vaginal dryness, um, yeah. and all the other thing, fun things that come along with menopause, especially sleep disturbances, you know, weight gain. Have you mm-hmm. seen any improvement in keeping the hormones at kind of a, just a very low level, obviously not pulling somebody out of menopause, but have you seen any right. improvement with those symptoms? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so funny, you know, so there's a gal, oh, she's, she's been so much fun to work with. So went through menopause and in her process of going through menopause, she just had a time in her life where she was under a ton of stress, ton of stress. And so interesting. So that she went, this was like three or four years for her, this really tough time, you know, job was changing all this stuff and, and going through menopause at the same time, her hair was always curly. Right. So she was like, you know, I went through that and it was terrible, but I think I'm beyond it now. All that stuff. She goes, but the weird thing is, is that I I have curly hair or I used to, and my hair isn't curly anymore. My hair isn't curly anymore. I don't understand why I don't. And I said, you know, that can happen with women, you know, especially, you know, through pregnancies, things like that. It's like the hormone level shifts and changes. And it's the way I describe it is like the, you know, being pregnant, that hormone can, you know, things get leached from your body, right? For the baby. But even going through menopause, if your body's under a lot of stress, it reacts differently to it. So again, that everything can get leached from your system. So for her, one of the things that showed up was, her hair just wasn't curly. It just didn't have that curl anymore. And after it was at the six week mark going through working with seed cycling and everything for her. And, you know, we were working on other nutritional things as well. Um, you know, cleaning up some stuff, you know, not, not drinking diet pop every day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, she, she sent me this email and was like, okay, I don't want to sound crazy, but my hair's curly this morning. I think it's a fluke. I think it's just totally random or whatever. Have you ever heard of this before? Because it's kind of, it's freaking me out a little bit. And I said, no, that, that can be a thing. Let's just, you know, see how it is over the next week or so. Does it stay curly? I mean, maybe it's really humid today. I don't know. You know, sure. her hair is curly. She said curly like it was before she even had kids curly. Yeah. So, so that menopausal thing, you know, yes, the body does shift and change and not to say that, you know, everything's going to go back, but sometimes it's just those, those seeds, those, those nutrients that your body still needs, even though you're not having that same pattern that you were having before you went into menopause. It's amazing what your body can do when it gets better nutrients. Um, yeah, yeah. That's just, that was one of the, like one of the most fun thing that's happened in the past six months and working with people. That's awesome. I think you've made a couple points about stress and stress being related to female hormones. And I think that's a really important point for listeners to understand about how the stress depletes the hormones. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yes. And, and this is something that's actually a little bit split in the, you know, female hormone world. There are some that will say, absolutely. If you have higher cortisol levels, if you're getting into adrenal fatigue, it will literally pull at the progesterone and throw your cycle off, throw everything off, make things 10 times worse. If you're in menopause, kick up that fat storage for sure. Um, and then there's other people who say, no, no, the cortisol doesn't have a direct pathway connection with the progesterone, et cetera. Um, when you come at it from an Eastern medicine viewpoint, stress 
and too much stress, it just, again, it's depleting for the system and your body doesn't have the resources then to help support regular hormonal function and whatever stage of life you're in. So absolutely, the amount of stress that we're under, it impacts everything so much more than we think. And the hard thing that I think for people when it comes to stress is that it's not something you can see, you know, like you get a cut, you guys, you can see how long is the cut? How deep is it? Do you need stitches or a bandaid? You know, it's very clear, right? Are you bleeding a lot or a little bit? You know, very easy to see when we're looking at stress. How do you measure it? How can you tell, right? Because you can look fine from the outside, right? But how do you know, you know, and then when you can, everybody does this thing too, where you compare my cup of stress might be heavier than your cup of stress, you know, or right. Or, or, and, and then we will look at people in their lifetime and everything else. If you have old traumas, old things that, you know, your body gets triggered that much more easily in terms of the stress that you're carrying. So if you had say a tough childhood, if you had a terrible marriage in your early twenties or something that even if you got out of it, as you age and you have a stressful time at work, it can trigger things in your body to react stronger to that stress than you think you are. What, the way I describe it is that a lot of women will will think about, oh, I, it's not that bad, or it's just this one thing, or, oh, yeah, you know, it was just a little bit more stress. And I'm like, yeah, but you've been at 99 this whole time. You've been at 99 for years. And just because you uptick by one to 100, you know, that, oh, it's just, it's just a little bit more. Yeah, but you've been resting at 99, you know, whereas you should be way lower than that in terms of stress. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, I think at the end of the day, I mean, your body doesn't really want to get pregnant and have a baby if your stress levels at 99. I mean, it's yeah. trying to use its resources to yeah. put out all the rest of the fires going on in your system, as well as, you know, pumping out cortisol to manage the stress, right? So, I mean, yeah. I think... I think it's just, I just don't think we're in a place where we want to reproduce. I think our bodies know better that it needs to use its resources somewhere else, like fixing the thyroid or fixing the gut or dealing with that infection or, you know, fixing that environmental exposure, whatever it is. You know, I think, I think our bodies are so incredibly smart to manage it, but they definitely need some support on the hormone front if that's what's going on. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you have tips of things that the listeners can do to really get their health back in order? Yes. Yeah. Um, You know, I always tell people to start with their whole foods first. And as much as you want to add stuff in, the more effective thing is to actually take out. What's going to make the biggest impact? If you're going to take, you know, we're all so busy. We're all on the go. We've got so many things we're dealing with. Uh, you know, and it is easier and it is, you know, human nature to be like, oh, look at this, this supplement, this thing, I'm going to add this and da, 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 da. Okay. The first step, if you're wanting to make a positive change really is taking things out first, get rid of the garbage, right? If you want to, you know, clean your house, what do you do? You get rid of all the garbage first. <laughs> That's the first step before you bring in and start adding new things. So, Cause if you're trying to build on, you know, a good foundation, but there's still a lot of garbage floating around there. It's not going to be a healthy, strong foundation. Got to, got to quit, quit with a, you know, artificial sweeteners, quit with the artificial ingredients, all that stuff. It destroys your gut health. You know, we all work so hard, you know, 
so funny. I had a friend the other day. Good Lord. I, I love my friends and I try super hard not to be like, oh my God, what are you doing? <laughs> but, this, but it's so funny. We were meeting in the morning and here she is and she's got her like little thing of supplements and she's like, oh yeah, I got this new probiotic. It's so good. And then she's chugging on this drink that's just like fake, you know, fake sugars, fake stuff. And I was like, okay, but you're taking a probiotic. I was like, you realize what you're drinking is just killing all the bacteria you're taking. Like, that's not helpful. I was like, so you just wanted to waste, waste your money today? Or what? She's like, oh my God, I didn't realize. I was like, I know. Like, this, this says it's got natural caffeine in it. I was like, okay, but just because it's natural caffeine doesn't mean it's good for you. So it is, you know, it's, it's so hard sometimes to know and read all the labels and everything else, but that's a, that's the best place to start, you know, but you're absolutely right. If we're under that stress and everything else, oh, when you said trying to get pregnant, there's a lot of women that are struggle with their hormones and they wonder, wonder, wonder why. And they're looking for what's the thing that I can add in, but it's really taking the crap away. Yeah. I think, you know, you make a really important point. Instagram and Facebook are powerful marketing tools. They're super powerful. And it, you know, it's funny, it's funny to listen or to read the back of the ingredients and be like, okay, well, this is a multi, or actually this isn't a multi that you need just based on what the B vitamin composition is, or but it's yeah. so powerful marketing that you think you need it, or and I think it's important maybe not to fall subject to that. You know, yeah. And and I think that maybe that happened to your friend. I, I just see that day in and day out. And I mean, as a comment on a side note, um, I did a, I did a talk one time and I said in the talk that, you know, people that take tons and tons of supplements, they're like, Oh, I'm going to take this for my heart. I'm going to take this for my brain. Oh, I need this. Yeah. And, and when they come in with a box of supplements, they are generally the sickest people I see. Period, like end of story. And, and I that was to, me. That uh, was exactly me. Horrific sis. Couldn't <laughs> couldn't do anything. And I was over 35 supplements. It would take me over an hour every day to take my supplements. Yeah. I mean, that was that was me. Yeah. I mean, and I, I definitely think there's a there's there's a differentiation, right? Like he who has himself for a doctor has a fool for a doctor. Like sometimes there are times that you have to take more, right? And sometimes there are that. times, I know, right? And then sometimes there are times that they're actually not doing doing your your system justice or you don't need them or yeah. you know, for whatever reason, there's specialized testing to know like what yeah. you need to take or what's going on. But I, yeah, I see that so commonly that when somebody comes in with a huge box of supplements, I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> I always like no I have my work cut out for me <laughs> yes, yes. So be like, oh we still got to start over you realize that? Like, I know I know you want to put the work in you clearly buy that huge box of stuff you have but that's not the right thing but you're totally right you're totally right the Facebook Instagram all these things and it's these little snippets that make it seem easy it's these little snippets that make it seem like oh look you're so close just take this one more thing mm-hmm it's, it's powerful. It's interesting too. You know, when I talk to people and they'll bring up a topic and I'm just like, have you listened to my podcast on this? Like yeah. I have like information from top experts on this in these particular fields. Like why wouldn't, 
why, why would it, we don't know who's behind that marketing? This person, you know, has been legitimized with a book or backed up studies or whatever else. It's interesting. But anyway, yeah. it's powerful, powerful marketing is what I yes. have to say about that. Very yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, Just because it's good marketing doesn't mean it's good health. So maybe tearing it down and really taking a good look at what's going on and then going from there is what it's yeah. like. Yeah. Yes. And I, I'm a huge believer in, you know, your health being individualized. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we really have gone wrong with a lot of things. It's very cookie cutter, you know, with everything. Oh, you don't feel good. Oh, you're tired. Here's, you know, these things. It's like, well, you know, okay, generally, yes. But you I mean, you really got to look deeper all the time and, and really figure out and uncover and unearth the right things for that person. Because it, you know, when you get them on the right, and you know, when you get people on the right stuff, their body responds Mm -hmm. and it responds really well. And it is, it's unlike anything else, whereas they could be spending years trying the wrong things and getting nowhere. So, right. That's awesome. Well, where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you? Yes. Yeah. So I'm all over the interwebs. Um, (laughs) Facebook. Instagram and website are all Dr. Beth Westby. Just type that in. Um, oh, YouTube as well. My YouTube channel. I do a lot of video, um, you know, educating on women's hormones specifically. And that's just Dr. Beth Westy. Type it into YouTube and you can subscribe and stay updated and get all my archived videos there. And then I have a podcast as well, which is the Female Health Solution Podcast. Um, and that's, you know, I love... I love my podcast because it's my one place where I can really, you know, diversify in terms of my message for people. So yes, yeah, that's the, those are all the places that you can find a lot of info. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on here today and sharing all of your knowledge and information. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This has been super fun. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed learning with us today, please give us a five-star review comment, like, and share our podcast with your friends and family. As always, if you'd like to learn more information about today's guest, please head over to fearlesshealthpodcast.com for links to their site and other educational resources.